Hey everyone, and welcome to Encounter Church. So glad that you are here again with us today. We're continuing a series called Forgotten Virtues. And unfortunately, like I said last week, this really shouldn't be forgotten virtues. I, I wish it was more like just rare. They shouldn't be forgotten, but they are so forgotten. In fact, when we come across these virtues, we're often so surprised. In fact, this week we're talking about integrity. And there are certain things that certain people do along the way that are like so shocking and they shouldn't be. So what does integrity look like? And this is a virtue that we, that we see, and I would just point this directly to the only one who is perfect, and that is Jesus. Last week, I, when we were talking about loyalty, I kind of set that theological foundation by saying, listen, if we are born into sin, which means any thought, attitude, or action that's not whole or pleasing to God, and the reality is that there's no man, there's no woman, there's no boy, there's no girl that's perfect. We all make mistakes, so we all know what it's like to be disloyal. We all make mistakes, so we all know what it's like to have a lack of integrity. There are things in my life and in your life that have lacked integrity, and often we have that called out in us from our parents, or sometimes we have that called out from a friend or from in the workplace when we lack integrity. So what does it look like to have this virtue? Well, first, we have to look to the only one that is full of integrity, and his name is Jesus. He's the only one that's forever faithful, forever loyal, and he's the only one that's been forever full of integrity. I w wish this wasn't so forgotten, but it often is. And just like I mentioned a few moments ago, when you do face a level of integrity, often people are, are so shocked by it. And, and I wish that they weren't so shocked by it. I wish that it were more normal. Just a couple of months ago, I was going for a run and, and I was really around a mile or so away from the uh, University Avenue section in Westwood. And I was just on a uh, kind of on a, on a route that I like to run, and I remember crossing the bridge over 95, and I saw something sort of shiny, and I stopped by. I was like, "Oh my gosh, it's a credit card!" So I I been over to pick up the credit card and looked at it and and, and saw the lady's name, and I thought, "Well, I, I guess I'll do this person a favor and take this home and shred it." And so I put it in my pocket. So I started running again, and I probably wasn't 20 more feet down the road, and I saw something else shiny. And sure enough, I picked it up, and it was the same identity. It was her license. I thought, this is interesting. All right. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. So my wheels are turning. I'm trying to put this together. I'm like, what? Where, where did this come from? And, and why did she somehow lose her, her license and her credit card? And so I put it in my pocket. <clears throat> And I began to run again. I probably wasn't another 10 to 20 feet, and I saw a phone. And then right past that, I just began to look up and down the road, and I found the phone case. I thought, this is really interesting. So I looked at the credit cards and the phone, and of course, all of it matched the same identity. And so I start Googling to find this person's name. I found, the, that I found their profession, and, and, I, and I called the law office where they worked, and I found one of the employees. And really within 20 minutes, I had contacted the, the, the person who, um, who lost this. And I was really curious as to what the story was. I'm like, okay, surely maybe they were running like me, and they were holding their phone, and somehow they dropped it. I don't know how that would happen, but like how did this happen? Turns out their grandchild, or maybe it was their daughter. No, there was three generations in the car. So it was either their daughter or grandchild, I can't remember, was playing with their phone and just literally starts, similar to my phone, I have my credit card, my ID, and my phone, like a phone case, starts chunking everything out the window. 
starts chunking the license, chunking the credit cards, and then they took the case off the phone, took, you know, through, just threw everything out. And so in a probably, I said 20 feet, it was longer than that. I would probably say about a 100-yard stretch, I found this woman's entire identity. And so when she called me, she was just over the moon, excited. And I said, listen, I'm, I'm close to uh, Wegmans. I'll meet you there. I need to go pick up some groceries. This lady was so beside herself that I called her. She was like so grateful and thankful. Listen, a license, you can get a new one. I mean, no one wants to go to the registry of motor vehicles, right? Or in some states, it's called the Department of Motor Vehicles. No one wants to go there. I understand every time you go there, you think you have the right documents. And they say the 14 documents that you don't have and like 13 of those 14 you've never even heard of. And then they, they look at you like, you should know this. And you're like, no, I don't. And then they tell you you could do it online, but you tried to do it online. Anyways, I'm getting off topic. You can easily replace these things. But she was so surprised that I would call her. She just wanted to thank me and thank me and thank me. In fact, she said, I'm going to pay for your groceries. I said, no, 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 you don't need to pay for my groceries. Like, this doesn't take much integrity to call someone who lost their license. But she was so surprised that I would do that, she was blown away. And this is the, these ideas of forgotten virtues. They're so rare that when you come across them, it's just so unique and so powerful. Some of the times that you feel most loved is when you see this virtue at lo- you know, come alive. When you see someone that's loyal, when you feel like they shouldn't be loyal, you see this deep-seated integrity when it, you know that it's rare. And in fact, I don't think this is very deep-seated integrity. The only right thing I know to do was to just jump on Google and to find this lady. Well, she really did. She said, I'm sorry, you need to let me do this. And so I felt awkward and bad. I didn't want to buy a lot of groceries. And so I just picked up a few things <laughs> because I just knew she was going to follow me around. And she did. She paid for my groceries. She took the very cash that was in her wallet and paid for my groceries that night. And so she was just, I mean, so thankful. It was during COVID. She was like, can I please hug you? Are you okay with this? I'm like, sure, give me a hug. If it makes you feel better, please just give me a hug. I haven't had a hug in a long time anyhow, other than my family, of course. And so integrity is so rare when you see it, it's so beautiful. And what is this idea of integrity? I remember in a graduate level class, I walked in, it was a leadership course, and I remember the professor coming to the front of the room, and, and because this is graduate level and you had to require three years of experience in ministry post uh, your master's before you started this doctoral program, so most people in the room were in their 30s and beyond. I remember being in the room with a man who had uh, worked in the Marines for 20 plus years and retired, and he went back to school to get his degree in doctoral leader, Christian leadership. I remember being in the room with another person who had led Christian private schools for more than 30 years. And these are men and women in the room who have a, an incredible amount of, of experience that are pursuing a, a degree in leadership. And then there's me. I was in my late 20s, right? It was an incredible experience of me learning for these several years. And I, re- I remember listening very intently in the room. And I would never forget the moment. He stood at the front of the, the room. He stopped and he said, men and women, integrity is a bridge. And if you lack it, you will break. And he just kept the, the room silent for like two minutes. Now, two minutes is a long time. If I did that right now, I won't do it right now. That was like three seconds, and you thought, is this guy not going to talk for two minutes? He just let that truth sit in the room. And throughout the entire day seminar, he would repeat it and repeat it and repeat it. Men and women, integrity is a bridge. And if you lack it, you will break. 
He would repeat it all day. If you want to be a leader, you must be strong. And you think about the integrity, if you, if you just kind of chase down this word, like the inner strength of the bridge, you go to engineering, right? And I don't, I'm not a, an engineer, nor do I understand the structural engineering of what's required to make a building like this one stand up and to withstand high winds and storms and rain, even though we have a leak here at the building. But it's another story. Like there's things that lack integrity. And when things lack integrity, like the roof of a house, you will see a leak. It's inevitable. The, the water can get through. And when the water gets through, it does damage and eventually it drips. And he would repeat and repeat and repeat all day long. There are aspects, men and women, of your integrity that lack strength. And eventually they will be found out. And so if you want to be a leader, work on your integrity if you want to be a leader, the world will tell you, and even in this class, he said, we're going to read stories and biographies and understand organizational design and organizational functioning, and we're going to study all those things. But if you lack integrity, no one, no one, no one will follow you. And to me, it was the most impactful day of my education experience. I went K through 12, went to four years of music school. I went to four years of Masters of Divinity, and I studied uh, three years for my uh, doctoral degree, and it was the single most impactful day of my education experience. And I, like you, have some really good memories, and then some not-so-good memories, too, of maybe sleeping in class too much um, and getting in trouble for it, right? So I have some education experiences that weren't so positive, but the, the, the single most impactful day was when he, all day long, my professor that day, men and women, and you knew it was coming, Integrity is a bridge. If you lack it, you will break. And he would take these spinoffs and just talk about leadership all day long. And throughout the next six months, and when I wrote my dissertation, I was assigned to him, and I would often hear him talk about this and talk about the power of repetition. You say something over and over and over, and guess what? You can't forget it. Integrity is a bridge. And if you lack it, you will break. Now, the reality is, like I said, the foundation, if you haven't listened to week one of this series, I encourage you to go back and listen to it. We set the theological foundation. I mentioned it just a few moments ago. We are all sinners. We all have thoughts, attitudes, and actions that are not pleasing to a perfect God. We see a perfect God, but we are imperfect. We see someone who is faithful, but we are not faithful. We see someone loyal, but because of our sin nature, because of our divided heart, we are disloyal. And the reality is, even though we look and we talk about integrity, and you may say, well, I'm, I'm a person of integrity. I'm a man or a woman of integrity. I, I always tell the truth, no matter what. That's true. That may be true that you tell the truth. Then you can find aspects of your life that do have integrity. And I believe I have aspects of my life that have integrity. But because I'm broken, because I'm fragile, it's easy for men and women, all men and women, my hand raised to lack integrity. There are areas of your life that lack strength. In any area of your life that lacks strength, lacks integrity. And wherever there is integrity, it will be found out. Now, I wrote down this this week, and this is an interesting um, uh, contrast when we think about uh, what is integrity. Often, the areas of integrity that end up hurting leaders, and I use that only because of my story in grad school um, with that professor, 
and his storytelling and his ability to talk about the integrity of leadership. But it's not just in leadership. It's, it's for everyone. It's for everyone listening, for every man, every woman, every boy, and every girl where we lack integrity. What does it look like for us to work on our integrity? What does it look like for us to shine light on it? The contrast I'm going to bring is your reputation and integrity. Is it possible for you to have a good reputation and lack integrity? This is where this contrast comes from. And of course, we know that it is. Your reputation is what other people say about you, right? It's this external facade. It doesn't mean that the, fa- that the facade is not true. It just means that there's an external facade. The, my external facade could be, hey, Jason's a nice guy. Seems like he's pretty patient. Seems like he's gentle. Seems like he's a good listener. But the integrity, the internal side may not be that case. It, it may not be that I'm very patient or it may not be that I'm very kindly. Why? Because there could be areas of my life that lack integrity. You know, this often is where it hits the news with someone that you love and care about. Happens, unfortunately, inside of churches where there's, they, they lack integrity, where Christian leaders lack integrity. Maybe it's happened inside your workplace when you have a respect for a coworker or respect for a team leader or the CEO, president of a company, then something is found out where you go, whoa, 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 he doesn't have the integrity, he or she doesn't have the integrity that I thought they did. Reputation is the external facade and integrity is often the internal. It's possible for us to have a good reputation on the outside, but lack the integrity on the inside. Go back to the bridge illustration. That bridge might be beautiful, but if the structural engineering lacks integrity, you better not drive over it. And over time, you drive over that bridge, and you've seen this probably, and I've read some different articles, and you see, hey, this bridge, and Chesapeake, Virginia just got shut down after 90 years, right? Because over time it wore down and wore down and wore down. And eventually the strength, the integrity of that bridge breaks. You and I are no different. There are areas of our life that lack strength and therefore lack integrity. And eventually, the more it's worn down and worn down and worn down, worn down, eventually it can break. I want to encourage you. You don't have to break completely. It doesn't mean that because of your integrity, you're going to lose your job. It doesn't mean that because of your integrity that you have to quit. It just means that you and I have to recognize and realize the incredible brokenness that we have and that we do lack integrity because we are sinners. We do lack integrity because we lack strength on the inside. And it's possible to be someone different on the the outside than it is the inside. The integrity is essentially the internal strength of your bridge. What does this look like to live out a life of integrity? In Proverbs chapter 10, verse 9, I want to read this verse to you. It's just such an incredible, beautiful picture and a challenge of what God's Word says to us around this idea of integrity. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 9 says this, whoever walks in integrity walks securely, but whoever takes crooked paths will be found out. That's what I just described to you. If you walk in integrity and you do what's right and you say what's right, if the internal, what's done in the dark, is matches what's done in the light, if it matches, you can walk securely. And really, this idea of secure means to be safe. You can walk in confidence. And we all know the guilt and the shame when you've kind of made it, not kind of, but you've made a mistake, you made a bad choice, and you just feel bad about the guilt, the shame. You don't feel safe. You don't feel secure. You don't walk with confidence. That's when men and women walk in fear. They walk in defensiveness right? They're accused of something. The moment someone's accused of something and they're super, super, super defensive, I can't say for sure, but it seems like to me, this is just my math, 
Nine times out of ten, if someone's super defensive, they're wrong. But why? Because we walk in fear and walk in defensiveness, right? But you can walk safely and securely when you do things right. But the one who walks in crooked paths, the one who takes a left when they should take a right, the one who cheats the numbers, the, the one who, I mean, fill in the blank. Like you could just go in any area of a lack of integrity. Sometimes our mouth lacks integrity. When we're nice to someone to their face, but we talk about them behind their back, right? We lack integrity in our speech. We lack strength in our speech. What's said privately can cause damage. And what's said publicly seems like it's a blessing. There's a lot of Proverbs that speak to that in some of these series. We hit the book of Proverbs a lot. But, but chapter 9 says this, if you take, or chapter 10, verse 9, if you take crooked paths in integrity, it will be found out. Eventually, the bridge will break. And when it breaks, it'll cause damage. What does it look like to live a life of integrity? Most people are so shocked by integrity when they see it because most people are commonly used to and seeing lives that lack integrity. In fact, the very people in your workplace, sometimes the very people, unfortunately, inside your home or some friends like we talked about last week, right? When you see integrity, you're often too used to it. When you see a lack of integrity, excuse me, you're often too used to it. And one of the reasons why you keep at arm's length some of the people in your workplace, one of the reasons why you have a tough time getting close to some people in your family because you see a lack of integrity. So what does it look like for us to live it out? I want to read to you a, a psalm, Psalm chapter 15, verses 1 through 5. And this is setting the foundation that I mentioned earlier with the Scripture, setting the foundation that no, no one person is full of integrity. No one bridge is perfect except for Jesus. And in chapter 15, verses 1 through 5, here's what it says. Lord, who may dwell in your sacred tent? Who may live on your holy mountain? The one whose walk is blameless. In some ways, it reads this, the one whose walk is always full of integrity, who does what is righteous, who speaks the truth from the heart, whose tongue utters no slander, who does no wrong to a neighbor and cast no slur on others, who lends money to the poor without interest, who does not accept a bribe against the innocent. Whoever does these things will never be shaken. Now, if I flip this, if I'm reading it again to you, the truth is we do lack righteousness because we do things that are wrong. We, we don't always speak truth from the heart because we easily deceive. I have a friend of mine, I won't use his name, but I, he would tell you if he were here like giving his story, giving his testimony, he's a pastor. And he often says to me, he says, I'm, I know my sin. I'm really good at one thing. I'm really good at manipulating and I'll never forget the first time he told the story. I'm like, this is interesting. This guy's talking about how good he is at manipulation. He realized he was good with his words. And you know people that are really good with their words. They, they are smooth. Even the Bible warns smooth talkers, right? These people that are smooth, they seem like they got their edge together. If your intuition and your sense is sometimes high, some of you can sniff those people out. You're like, ah, too good to be true. I don't believe a word he says. And I'm wrong. I'm Jason, okay? I'm not God. I'm not the Holy Spirit. But sometimes I talk to people, I'm like, no, I don't believe anything they're saying. 
I could be wrong. Maybe some people do that to me. Like this guy actually says, I'm really good at, manip- at manipulation. I know that I can use my words to coerce people, right? And he's a good, good, good leader. He's a good pastor. Okay, I'm not saying he's doing anything privately that he should not be, but he just recognizes that we are good, and this is part of his story. We're really good at making things sound like they're not. We're actually even good at making people think that we like them. I know people that blow smoke around me. I know people that blow smoke around my wife. I know people that blow smoke. You know them too. They act like they're they're your friends, but you know they're not. You better watch it, right? Like humans are good at this, not to point any fingers, but even to point it to myself. Like we're good at that. We're good at coercion. And when I read Psalm 15, I'm like, good luck, Lord, who may dwell in your holiness? Like God, who can hang out with you? That's not guilty. Like who can hang out with you? Literally the question in verse one says, who may dwell in your sacred tent? Like who can, who can be with you in your home and be deserving? In some ways we answer the question, no one is worthy of God because we lack integrity. No one is worthy of God because we lack faithfulness. No one is worthy of God because we lack loyalty. And so he says this like, who can speak the truth all the time? No one. Who can do what's right all the time? No one. Whose tongue utters no slander? No one. Who, who is perfect to their neighbor? Because the scripture actually says, who does no wrong to a neighbor? Well, no, no, no. We mistreat our neighbors, right? Who casts no slur on another? Who lends money to the poor without interest? I don't think I've done that one, right? I think I'm guilty of all the other ones. Like, who does not accept a bribe against the innocent? Whoever does these things will never be shaken. Whoever does not do these things, like, so you're ability to live a life of integrity without flaw is not there. You and I are born into an imperfect world, and we are imperfect. And another psalm, just a few chapters later after this psalm, the scripture says, who is without guilt? No one. Who is without shame? In some ways, when we look at these virtues, every single virtue we could choose during this series, you could say, oh, I'm guilty. Every single topic we could say, oh, I'm guilty here. Yeah, this story or that story. It's not pointing fingers, right? But we are all in need because of God who, because of our sin. We are all in need of a God who is perfect. And so you say, how can I live a life of integrity? Though I'm not perfect. How can I live a life that's a strong bridge? That, that I work on every day. Yes, it wears down. Yes, we wear down. But how can I work on that bridge? How can I live a life of integrity? First, I want to challenge you, we have to look to Jesus. And when we look to Jesus is when we look in our lack of perfection, is when we see when we do drop the ball, when we do lack integrity, when we do lack loyalty, that's when we say, I'm sorry. And I'm telling you, some of you, that's what you need in your relationships is you need the ability to say, I'm sorry. I was talking to someone recently. I said, how often does your spouse say, I'm sorry? And he looked at me and he said, never. They've been married for almost 15 years, I think. Never. Never? Nope. Do you say you're sorry? Nope. That's a problem. 
He goes, yeah, well, she doesn't say I'm sorry. I want her to say she's sorry about this, and then I want, she wants me to say I'm sorry, and it just becomes this vicious cycle. And the reason I say look to Jesus is because he is the example of perfection. And what did he do? He forgave us. And what did he say to us? We must forgive as the Lord forgave. You do lack integrity, but in order for us to keep it, we have to be honest about our struggles and say, I was wrong. I want to do right. I messed up. And guess what? The bridge tightens. But if we never recognize our lack of integrity, the bridge weakens. Like we live in this imperfect, broken world where if you and I don't say, I was wrong, your bridge is going to break, and it's going to break fast. It doesn't matter what someone else does, because I know you could say, but he, eh, but she, eh, ain't going to work. We lack integrity. We all do. We all make mistakes. It's not he or she's fault. All of us, all of us, we lack integrity, so we have to look to Jesus because he leads us to forgiveness. We also have to look to Jesus because he's our ultimate example. There's no perfect father except for the God the Father. And when I look to him, when I look to him, I can see that I'm not a perfect father. And I can go to my sons and say, I'm so sorry, dad was wrong, but there is a perfect father and I'm going to pursue him. Even the Apostle Paul says, follow me as I follow the example of Christ. Like there are men and women that you look up to, but I think the men and the women that you often look up to are ones that are following God's example, and that's the reason you look up to them. There's a few other things that following Jesus and following his example and following his lead that I want to point out to you. The two challenges that I want to leave. The first one is this. Do what's right, especially when no one's looking. Most of our integrity that's breaking the bridge is done in secret. I mentioned it earlier about the facade, the external side. There are people that are blatant and they would say that they don't care. You can you know, take it or leave it. They're very open about their decisions. They're very open about what they believe and you know, they, they push it out there. And it's the boss who says, this is the way I feel about you and forget about it, whatever. And it's very public. But there's a lot, I mean a lot, the vast majority of people are very private because that's the nature of sin. When we mess up, we want to cover it up, right? We see that not just in children, but we see that all the way through life. When there's a sense that we're not doing the right thing, it stays in the dark. Sometimes there's a, a lack of acknowledgement. There's a, we lie to ourselves and we justify ourselves. Other times, you would know this in your own story and you know this for people around you. People knew that they were doing wrong, so therefore they covered it up. And the challenge of integrity is to make sure everything you do in private is seen in public. Imagine the things that you watch being seen in public. Imagine the things that you type. A, a good pastor friend of mine, Doug Mize, he would always uh, you know, teach me this and model this for me. He said, hey, he said, hey, men and women, he led a staff and church pastors. He would say, listen, anything you text, picture it on a billboard. Anything you email, picture it on a billboard. Just remember, anybody can cut and paste and send to whoever they want to. Just remember that. Show integrity in the private. Anything you say around the corner might be heard in the streets. You just always repeat it. This is the integrity of speech. That if you text it, imagine it being texted to the world. If, if you would feel bad about that, you lack integrity. You and I lack integrity. If you text it, picture it being said to the world. If it's said in private, picture it being spoken to the world. Now I know this breaks down a little bit. There are conversations that are only appropriate and private. That's not what I'm referring to. But I just mean if there's a sense of a guilt and a shame around our speech, we would know it 
if it went public. I'm sure we've all had those stories and experiences where you sent a text to the wrong person. Well, then it's immediately exposed. But most of the time, our sin, our struggle, our mistakes, our lack of integrity is not immediately exposed. It's exposed over time. And so that first challenge, do what's right even when no one's watching. Do what's right even in secret. And I love how even the Scripture says that when you do what's right in secret, the God the Father will reward you. even says when you pray in secret, not for other people to hear you, but you do the right thing. You pray and you seek God in secret. And you do what's right even when it's hard. God will reward you and bless you. And finally, be painstakingly honest about your actions with no filters. If ever questioned, often the lack of integrity comes out because we spend the truth or we tell part of the truth. Something I'm teaching the boys, hey, part of the truth isn't the truth. It's only part of the truth. Part of the truth, can we can obviously spin stories and change the truth by, by not telling the full truth, right? So the challenge of integrity is that you do what's right even in the dark. You do what's right even when no one's watching. You text what's right even when no one else will read it, right? And finally, you be painstakingly honest. Be honest with people. Tell them the full truth because it's easy not to. Oh, that's part. I remember growing up, it's like, I'm not telling the truth or I'm lying about this or lying about that. Eventually, you get found out. Eventually, it does come out. But I've got to give grace to you. I, I, I don't want you last week or this week or the next week. You don't want to feel bad about it because we all are in the same boat, flowing down the same river. We all lack integrity. We all lack loyalty. This is why these are forgotten virtues because they're rare. But we have a perfect father. We have a perfect father that we can look to who is always loyal. We have a perfect father who is always faithful. We have a perfect father who does not lack integrity. So look to him. So trust him and be painstakingly honest with him and honest with yourself. And as you do this, I'll pray for you as I will pray for me as we pursue integrity. May we ultimately pursue the only one who is full of it, full of integrity. Let's pray. Father, thank you for being the one who is perfect. Thank you for being full of integrity. Thank you for being full of loyalty. Thank you for being the only one who is perfect. Father, we look to you because we are all in need of you. We're all broken, broken in a fragile, sinful, imperfect world. We love you and we pray for your help because we need it. Father, forgive us where we sin. Forgive us where we mess up. Forgive us where we let ourselves down and others. And ultimately, we pray in the powerful, powerful name of Jesus that we would look to you as our one and only example. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. No matter where you